Welcome to So You Say, a podcast about the words we use, why we use them, how we use them, and how it affects our everyday life. Ultimately, we will be discussing the power behind our words. I'm Holly. And I'm Susan. In our time together, we're going to explore those common phrases that we say to ourselves and others around us, the impact that those phrases make, and how to avoid the unintentional negative consequences those words may have. So you say, we'll explore how even the smallest of words can have such a large impact for you and those around you. Welcome back. I'm Holly, of course, and this is your podcast, So You Say, and I'm here again, of course, with my very best friend of over 20 years and beautiful co-star, Susan. Girlfriend, how are you doing over there? We're doing great. We're rolling into spring in upstate New York. I mean, it is a glorious, weird time up here. (laughs) When you get 70 degree days in the middle of March, you know something is wacky. But you know what? I love it and I'm going to roll with it. And something's even more wacky when you wake up the next day and it's 25 and snowing. So we're still waiting for that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I'm not taking the snow tires off the car just yet. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Well, today we're really excited because today's podcast is a really special one to us. Um, Not only is it really a special, special subject that really speaks deeply to both of us, but we also have our first guest here too, Steph Chu, also from New York, not from the same area. So this is kind of interesting that all three of us are doing this virtually in this awesome world now that we live in from three different parts of New York. I just love that about the world we live in now, truly. And as always, our this is about the words that we say, the feelings that we feel, and owning our truth and just being authentic to ourselves. Today, we will be talking about not feeling enough. So those words, I am not enough. I know that we touched upon this in a past podcast when we talked about the desire to feel perfect, but we wanted to expand on that in more detail and depth and get into the words and the thoughts that go with the feelings of thinking that we are unworthy. Yeah, exactly. That idea of not being enough, it really does tie in with the feelings of worthlessness. And and what can those feelings lead to? You know, it leads to a lack of motivation, incompetency, a lack of being your best in performance, maybe not connecting with yourself or even others, depression, feeling powerless and feeling hopeless. So that idea is to encapsulate all those wide range of emotions in such a small little sentence is pretty amazing. And we did think it was worth its own episode to explore. We thought it was worth it to talk about not feeling worthy. There we right. go. That's our that's our little <laughs> thing today because we are worth it. And that is it. That's what this is about. Everyone is worth it. You are worthy. We are worthy. Everyone is worthy. We need to feel that though about ourselves and especially as women, and this goes down to everyone out there, not just women, but we are women talking about this. I think that women have a tendency to, at some point in their lives, not feel worthy enough, be it 
as a child being told by our parents, or maybe we went into a bad relationship, or after having a child, which seems absolutely insane because here we are bringing miracles into this world and we start to feel unworthy because our body doesn't look a certain way or because we can't be somewhere because we're raising a kid or whatever the case may be. And talking about this too, social media has a huge impact um, on society, on women, on people just across the board, on not feeling worthy enough. We are constantly comparing ourselves to this curated world. How wonderful. (laughs) You're talking about this idea of feeling worthless has probably been permeated throughout all of human existence. But with the idea that you can look out at this larger picture of everybody in this giant scope. It is very, very easy now. And social media really does uh, hone in on that feeling of, of not measuring up because there's so much more now to measure up to. Our yeah. scope in the past, maybe you were measuring up with the Joneses because the Joneses lived five miles down the road and that was the people who you compared to. But now through this wonderful little device that fits in the back of your jeans pocket, all of a sudden you're connected with this wide world of people and suddenly the Joneses can be all over the place. The Joneses could in be your somebody face. in Australia, could be somebody, you know, <laughs> in California, it could be all over the place. So the lens of social media has really consolidated and magnified this sense of how we try to define our worth. And in doing that, it really has put additional pressure on this idea that you're not enough and you're worthless because it's very easy to look out and look at others and go, oh, is that what I'm supposed to be? Yeah. And that's why we wanted to have Steph Chu here today with us because she had told me that she had a story or has a story of her past that at some point she did feel this way. We wanted to bring in an outside perspective here. We wanted you to hear another voice and from another woman out in this wonderful world who I did find through social media. So there is good reasons to be on social media, aside from having it in our face and letting us know that we're not good enough. You can find amazing, great people out there. If we use it properly, uh, we can find spectacular people and spectacular prizes in social media. They do exist. And I wanted to introduce Steph. So, hey, say hi. (laughs) Well, let us, yeah, let us know um, your little story and why you felt it was important for you to be here with us today. Uh, where do I even start? Uh, we've got, I feel like we've got a lot on this topic. Um, <laughs> let me start with just like kind of introducing myself, like where my background is. So I'm from New York City and currently I am a strength and mindset coach and I've been working um, in that career for about four years. And what I actually started with was CrossFit first. And CrossFit is kind of what taught me, hey, you know, I'm worthy. I'm actually good at things. And it's interesting that it's something fitness related because I never thought that I'd be someone who would be good at fitness. So for me, my entire life, I've been told that I was not good at anything. Um, You know, I was never pretty enough. I wasn't skinny enough. Uh, You know, you could do this better Um, if, you know, in school, I would always I was always pressured to be like, all right, you have to get 100. And it felt like there was like, you know, so much pressure on myself to kind of like be like this ultimate person that 
you know, my parents would, you know, they'd want to push me. And it got to a point where, you know, I just like broke down because I was like, there's nothing that I can ever do that is right. You know, especially when you're constantly being told that, hey, you're not worthy of this. You shouldn't do that. You, you don't deserve this. And what's interesting now is like, I think back and I'm like, oh, like I can start recognizing when someone told me, you know, I'm not good enough. And like the little phrases that like, even when I tell myself now, like if something, you know, happens, I immediately go back to, all right, I can hear my mom's voice in my head going, oh, it's because, you know, you're not pretty or you're not skinny enough or you should have done this in the first place. Um, So that's kind of where like, you know, just like all the unworthiness kind of started for me. Um, and how I was able to get myself out of it was, you know, by doing CrossFit. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that, you know, the act of exercise, it was the fact that someone put a barbell in my hand and they were like, go lift this. And it was that chance to go prove to myself to be like, oh, cool, I can lift this barbell. And then they were like, all right, now put some weights on. And I was like, okay, but I've never done this. Are you sure? And so, yep. And they're like, okay, I did it. And it was constantly like kind of a little bit over time where you start to realize that, oh shit, like, like, you know, I'm a lot capable of a lot more than I think I am. Yeah, totally. And I, I spoke about this a couple episodes back that one of the things that made me feel more worthy and made me feel like I was enough was doing yoga. And I'd never thought in a million years, if I looked at all these yoga instructors out in the world, they're all skinny and back bending over God knows everything. And I can, you know, I can barely touch my toes. Well, that's not true. I can touch a little bit past my toes, but I'm not doing what they're doing. It was just getting in that mindset and finding that, that thing, whatever that is, it could be a passion. It could be a fitness program. It could be an art. It could be anything. It could be anything. And finding that thing that brings you back to realizing your worth. It could be lifting a weight. It could be writing a book. It could be any, really anything. And I think when, I, when I've sat down and talked to people who have found their worth back in their life, there seems to be this common, common denominator of it happened at when I did this thing. It just always seems to happen there. And it's nice to sometimes hear that story. So that's awesome. So you feel that you were treated not so wonderfully as a child, unfortunately. Uh, No, definitely. And I think it's, for me, I think I've been able to work through the most of that. I think, you know, whenever someone kind of says like, especially like, I think for me, one thing that really affected me was like my body image and what I look like. And I knew like in the past, if anything, if like someone said anything about my weight or what I look like, I would immediately just like burst into tears because it was like going back to I'm unworthy of because, you know, I've, you know, not skinny enough. I'm I weigh a certain amount. I'm, you know, yeah. too big or whatever. Um, so yeah. no, definitely. I think it's, and I think even fitness, I don't know if it's the same for you. It's like, that gave me that chance to go work on, you know, my inner self to like look into, into who I am. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, that's pretty extraordinary to go from that external, kind of that external um, message that you're getting from people. I mean, I know we're not on video right now, but I'm sure everybody was doing what I was doing. So for me, this is the first time, Steph, that I'm kind of hearing your your background and your story. And I was both simultaneously shaking my head like, yes, oh, I remember those feelings and shaking my head going, no, no, why would you think that? Like, why would you feel like that? But it is, it, it often comes, we get these external messages that we really internalize. And a lot 
lot of times it does have to be something that comes from within us and, and moves outward. You know, if you are lucky enough to be in an environment where you are getting these really positive self-worth messages given to you from a young age, from everywhere, you're probably living in a dream world for most of the time. Um, but if any, you've had really kind of uh, um, uncommon way to be raised like you talked about you know your body image and i think everybody can at some point go yeah i got a message about my physical body that made me feel terrible whether it was you're a heavy kid um or you're you're so skinny you're so awkward i mean it's like there's there's no perfect body Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking, really, to hear that from people. And yet, it's something that we do hear all the time. I mean, I hear it. I think every single woman in my life at some point or another has talked about an experience they had where a comment was made about their body that was just something that makes you go, Oh, no. And what's sad is that? Oh, no. Yeah, what's sad is we remember. Yeah, we remember that, like forever. Yeah, the person who <laughs> probably gave you that, who said that to you, or that group of people who said that to you, didn't even really think twice. I'm certain, which is which is heartbreaking too, you know. And that's why we're we're talking about what we're talking about today, because those words that we kind of just throw out, you know, to to people, um, that it has an impact. What you say to others has a longer impact than the few moments that you took to say it. No, definitely. And I feel like it's not just like, you know, a comment about your body image doesn't just affect how you see yourself, but then you start noticing it pop up into like other aspects of your life, you know, like when you're at work or when you're like even talking like in in the public setting. Like for me, I was always not comfortable speaking in public because I felt like, you know, I was like, everyone's going to be looking at me, you know, they're judging me. I'm not doing this right. I, you know, I could be doing this better. Um, And I think like once you kind of, you know, let go of like all those like comments, like anything that, you know, those feelings of not being worthy and you kind of realize that it's like, all right, none of that actually matters. And you think like that's when you can kind of, you know, move out of, you know, those feelings of not being worthy. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because we we sat down, Susan and I, and we wrote a list based on research on why we feel this way. Why do we feel worthless? And you just literally in your story told us three out of the four reasons, <laughs> which is crazy. So it doesn't have to be one reason. It can be three. It can be four. It can be more than four. But the main four things are firstly treated worthless as a child or not being treated well as a child, being held to unrealistic standards, which you mentioned, and then comparing yourself to others or always being blamed or placed at fault. And when I first wrote this down, yeah, when I first wrote this down, I was like, oh man, what that that sucks to, oh, someone's always going to blame you. Someone's going always going to put you at fault. And then I went, wait a minute, we blame ourselves for so much too. Yep. We put ourselves at fault for so much. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy in right. this and it doesn't have to come from an outside source. It could be coming from us, yep. from the inside. Yep. What's like interesting, I actually didn't connect that. So I'm the oldest child and I used to, I don't know if, what, um, if you guys have siblings or if anyone else has also experienced this, but I think as the oldest child, I was always blamed for everything. 
there are times where I wouldn't even be in the room and I'd be in trouble. And I was like, what did I do? And it's interesting that I didn't connect the fact that it's like, all right, that goes back into my, you know, being like worthy or like feeling some unworthiness because I was like, all right, like, because nothing I do that is, is right. (laughs) Yeah. You learned from an an age that there was something that you were, you were doing, you must've been doing something, even if you weren't conscious of it, that was causing this reaction. But when you look now as an adult, you go, no, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't make an action that caused that reaction. Yet you were getting that reaction from others. So you internalized it. And rather than the action causing the reaction, you were taking the reaction and going, okay, well, there must be something I'm doing. I have to find the action within myself that I'm doing that got this reaction. You know, so that's, yeah, we do. We internalize that. It's So Steph, was there any point where you felt that you needed a change or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? I think it just came out of nowhere. I think about this quite a lot because <laughs> I'm I, I'm not sure when exactly that point changed for me. I just know that it was like one day it was, I think I made a decision for myself where I was like, I'm not going to let anyone, what anyone says bother me. I'm trying to think. Um, and like, even when I started CrossFit, it wasn't like automatically, like I showed up and then I was like, all right, one class, like, boom, you know, I'm like, good to go. I'm worthy. <laughs> I'm cured. CrossFit magic. (laughs) I'm good now. Yeah, I wish, right? That'd be nice. Be like, here, take this magical class, and boom, you're all all your problems will go away. I still even I was in a in a not great relationship, and I think that also I carried a lot of like being unworthy in my relationship, and I think that my partner at the time would tell me these things but I was like no like whatever you're saying is not right like they're you know my family was everything to me you know they wanted the best for me and I think it was coming out of that relationship and what's funny is that he also wanted me to act a certain way and I was like I can't I can't be that person and I think it was coming out of that relationship and then really actually spending the time to go and work on myself I think that was the turning point for me and I remember even remember walking down the street and like I don't know if it's a good thing or not to say but I remember being like I am free and I think that was the time that I was just like I'm gonna devote you know my time and the rest of my life into making sure that I am happy because like I was in a relationship for so long and you know I don't think that I was happy or I thought that I was happy I was trying to like you know fit a mold of some sort so I think I think that would be like the turning point yes I think too that what I want others out there as they're listening to this to hear is the words that we're saying can be told to you from an outside source don't have to be so obvious. They don't have to be you're worthless, you're ugly, you're fat. They can be very passive aggressive. They can be more gaslit, you know, however you want to say it. They can be said in a way that you may never realize it until 20 years later when you're walking down the streets. <laughs> yeah, they can come in the form of an expectation that somebody has of who you are. And even if that expectation maybe is something that, you know, somebody might say, oh, yeah, this is a really positive thing. If it goes against the core of who you feel you are, yeah, that's a that's a huge external pressure and, and taking your worth and trying to fit it into a mold that's not you. Definitely. 
And I think it's like also if you, you know, with someone that you love or who someone who you know really loves you and like they're telling you like these things and you're like, okay, I should listen to them because, you know, they love me. But yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean they think that, you know, that you are worthy or, you know, you deserve like the best or that they're even looking out for like the best. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's insidious. You know, I kind of talked about this when I said earlier, in some cases, it, it absolutely can be. I mean, we, we've all had that experience. Um, but a lot of times it, it isn't. And that's where we want people to think about this idea of I'm not enough and how internalizing that can come out in what we say both to ourselves and to others and in a way we're kind of passing on this feeling of you know not being worthy enough to others this unworthy torch that we're passing on yeah yeah Yeah. and what's crazy i think to me it's like even if you change like a simple word in a statement it could be like misconstrued as something else to the other person and they were like oh you know like steph said this and you know now okay now that kind of like passes on like these all these other feelings um so i don't know for me i'm like being trying to be like super cautious and just even like the way that i speak and even to myself yeah I think we you don't have to necessarily worry about walking on eggshells. We we certainly don't want to get anybody to that point because I know I would feel terrible if I was second guessing everything that I was saying. But I think when you start to work on yourself and going, I am enough, the way that you communicate to others, that starts to shine through because you stop using a lot of that self-defeating language. You know, we use the idea of language you know, to communicate ideas and thoughts and grander concepts. If you're constantly using self-deprecating language to yourself, it is going to be the way that you learn to communicate. So, of course, it's going to be the way you naturally communicate. Your intentions may be sweet and wonderful and kind, but if you're used to communicating in this negative way, it is going to be instinctual for you, and others are going to internalize that. But like you said, when you start to make that switch and you go, oh, I don't talk to myself nicely. And when you learn to talk to yourself nicely and you get in that habit, you build that practice, it does become natural for you to speak nicely to others without having to be conscious of it because you're already doing the work internally. You're already talking to yourself nicely. And that's the hardest person really to talk to nicely. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of cases. yeah. No, I agree with that. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I always, I always say change, change your words and change the world. And you'll see, depending, you change your words in a positive way to yourself, to everything, and people will change around you. They'll treat you differently because you treat yourself differently. And that could be positive or negative. Of course, we're talking about the positive here, but by changing, this is what this is about, by changing your words. But I had a question for you, Steph. Is there something that you wish you could have told yourself looking back now? Uh, the first answer would have been, none of this even matters. Stop worrying. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff about your weight, like your grades, none of that matters. Just change. Like, and it, it like, goes back to exactly like how you speak to yourself. I'm pretty sure that before every test that I used to take, um, before every like, you know, race or competition that I ever did, my first immediate thought was everyone else is better than me. I am never going to win. 
And, you know, that's obviously that's like a whole huge. Yeah, exactly. It's that's holding me back already because I already think that I'm not going to win. And there'd be times where, you know, if I got like a good grade on a test and I was like, oh, wow, I guess I thought, you know, I am smart maybe sometimes. And then it's kind of like that kind of like feeds into it. Whereas like if I had just like trusted myself a little bit more, like I would have known, all right, hey, you know, you're capable of anything that you kind of put your mind to. Yeah. So would you give that same advice to somebody? Let's say you came across someone in your life now and maybe you do while you're working in the you work in a gym, I think you said. Yeah, so I work in the gym and online. My so I think, you know, when you tell someone that it doesn't matter when you actually do care about, you know, what other people say and kind of and that, I think it kind of you don't necessarily see what that means or what you know, what, I guess what the meaning of that is. So what I usually tell people now is, you know, go back and work on yourself. What is it that you actually do want? And I think most of the time we're always being told, focus on the things that you don't want, that we forget about, you know, the things that, you know, you do want. And um, I feel like I've been making a point, you know, to go out and like tell people that it's whatever you want, you are going to get. And that's something even for myself that I never really thought would happen. Um, until it's like, you know, just make that small little mindset shift, mindset shift instead of focusing, you know, that you're like, oh, I can't get this or I can't do this because this person has this and I don't have that. And just kind of, you know, forgetting all that noise and just, all right, pinpointing, all right, what is it that I want for my life? And then just trusting that, you know, you are going to get it and realizing that everything else around you, none of that actually matters. Exactly. I love that. So Steph, um, I have a question for you on this. You're working as a coach. And for me, I'm curious to know, it's got to feel really great when you start to see your clients like making moves in a positive direction. What for you is something that you see when you're working with your clients? What's like that little maybe light bulb moment that you see when you go, oh, they're getting it? So I think that for the most part, whenever people come to me, their first thought is, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds or, you know, I want to put on muscle. I want to get stronger. And I know that underlying that is not the reason, the ultimate reason as to why they want to start working on themselves. So for me, the biggest shift and the reason why I wanted to create a program that was different, and it's going back to when they realize that the person that needs to be loved the most is themselves. And usually you can kind of see that when, you know, they're not focusing so much on, so a lot of my clients, when they come, they're like, oh, I've been weighing myself every single day. And I immediately tell them, we're going to stop that. You know, we're not going to do that. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And it's, you know, some people kind of want to hold on to that a little bit and I let them, you know, it has to be done on your time. I can't force you to be like, hey, you have to stop completely like, you know, weighing yourself. But I think it's when they start to make that shift towards, all right, you know, what can I actually do for myself? Um, And it's actually like putting themselves first. What are they doing to make themselves happy? What are they doing to make themselves, you know, feel that love a little bit more and actually care for themselves? I think that's when it's like that biggest shift. So, on the fitness side, it's usually, you know, when people aren't worried so much about, oh, you know, I can't have, you know, a burger because this is bad for me. Um, and I think it's like when they go, oh, I ate it because it felt good. And they're not worried about what that's going to do to their body because they know that the next day, you know, they're going to get back on track to whatever their goals are. Um, and it's it's a, it's a hard change, I think, for a lot of people because you don't necessarily realize 
that the person that needs to be put first is you. But I think for me, that's always like the biggest shift when you kind of see them click and they realize, oh, like, you know, I don't need to like lose weight or, you know, I'm happy with how I look in my body or, you know, they're like, oh, like, you know, like maybe, you know, my vacation was pretty terrible, but, you know, I, I really liked how it looked like, you know, in my bikini and I felt really good for like the first time in my life. So I think that's like the biggest shift. I love that. Well, our worth, our worth is not a number. It's not the weight. It's not the number on a scale. It's not the number on our pants. It's not getting a hundred on a test. It's not the highest score on a race. It's not, our worth is not based on the number. And that's something that I've had to tell myself because I am at this point the highest quote unquote number on everything. <laughs> I am a hundred percent confident, the highest weight on the scale and everything. So the biggest pan size, but I feel awesome. I feel awesome because it's not about the number. And if I looked back 10 years ago and I saw this number today, I would have yeah. been devastated, Same. devastated because I, I didn't love myself. And now I love myself and it, and it's okay. And that's, that's huge. I really love that you take something external, like a really just a measurable external thing that your clients come with and you allow them to kind of, they've been holding on to that as a security blanket. It sounds like, you know, it, it, I'll be this if I'm this, if I'm something measurable. And I like how you're allowing your clients to kind of come into their own and understand they don't have to hold on to that number or that swimsuit or that vision of themselves. And you're really allowing them to start to internalize the idea that they don't have to meet some type of measurable thing in order to be worthy of caring about themselves exactly and I think it's like I've been in their in their shoes before I used to be that person you know I was always I have to be 120 pounds why did I have to be 120 pounds I have no idea why <laughs> but it was like every single time I got on the scale you know and I would do anything and I know that like there are lots of women out there who do the same thing maybe Holly you've done the same Susan you've done the same is you'll do anything that you can to even drop a pound. And then maybe that includes not eating for like a whole week. And it's like, great, you lose that pound, right? And then you put on another three pounds and then five pounds. And then that goes back into, all right, you know, I'm not worthy of, you know, being like having a body that I can love. And it kind of like takes it back. So I think it's, and even with coaching, I don't think anyone can force you into, into, all right, here, you're going to learn this right away. I think it's always to make that permanent change is you have to come and realize it yourself and everyone's journey is going to be different. Yeah. And it's probably as a security thing, that idea of, you know, I have something I'm holding on to, whether it's that 120 pounds and I, that's my focus. And once you kind of learn to let go of that measurement and go a little bit deeper and go, what about me? is is worthy is good you know that that isn't definable that isn't measurable you know it's it's your it's these qualities that we have that really do define self-worth that are difficult to measure you can't step on the scale and measure your self-worth and yet women and men do that all the time step on the scale every day and measure their self-worth and that's that's heartbreaking when you think about that. Like imagine that if you could go to a store 
and pick up self-worth in bulk <laughs> and put it on the scale. I mean, actually with using that analogy, why would you want it to be so light? If you could if you could get your self-worth in bulk, positive good self-worth, you'd want that scale to be busting, you know, busting open. But yeah, that's um it, it it's sad and it's so common. Like we're not talking about anything that anybody listening to will go, oh, I can't relate. Like, even if your number wasn't, you know, uh, a weight on a scale, but it was a grade on a piece of paper, you know, or it was being the first kid to set the table, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever that measurable thing was that gave you your sense of self-worth no definitely and i think even taking it back to social media right like everyone always it's like a highlight reel of your life everyone always puts the good stuff and then behind the scenes your entire life is falling apart because you're like well that person posted their picture when they were in the caribbean in like a nice bikini that person you know they just you know put up that they like had a raise or whatever and then you're like well i had nothing happened in my life but i'm gonna just you know put something on and i feel like it's like yeah, it kind of like feeds into that, you know, it doesn't have to be like, obvious, I think it's, you know, it's all around mm -hmm. us all the time. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah the, the big, yeah, the big question now, because we've been talking about this, and I'm hoping there's people out there saying, I want to feel this way. And how do I do this? What do I do? And there is no, there's no formula. There's no recipe. There's no A to Z, honestly. And if someone asked me, hey, what did you do? I need to do that. It's not going to work for this person, probably. Their journey is going to be different. So, but we do have a nice little list here that I think is really important to go through. And these are definitely things that I have done and I've spoken to other people, they've done them. And again, one may work for you, all of them may work for you, none may work for you. And may you end up, you may end up coming up with your own recipe for worth is what we'll call this. <laughs> but one of the main ones here is being more present and mindful. This is one that's really become important with me as a yoga instructor and now a meditation instructor, knowing what it's like to just feel in the moment and feel good in the moment and to feel okay and present in the moment. That's a really hard place to get to unless you practice. Susan and I have talked about this that you don't get anywhere without practice. Mm -hmm. You have, to, it's hard, it's hard fucking work, as we like to say, <laughs> to get there. It's the truth. So don't be, oh, and one day, like you said, you're going to just, you know, you're not going to just sit down and, and feel good tomorrow. You're not going to do your first CrossFit class and say, tomorrow I feel good. Just, just like you're not going to sit down and do your first meditation and say, well, now I'm mindful and present. It's not going to work that way either. There's lots of things to get there. And each person will be different. It could be reading. It could be yoga. It could be CrossFit. It could be, it could be anything. But being present, not getting sucked into television, maybe not getting sucked into social media. And seeing gratitude and beauty in things that we normally don't. And that could be something as simple as this is an example I gave in the past, just doing the dishes, being present and mindful and just doing a simple chore or a task that you may not like so much. But once you become present and mindful in that moment of doing the dishes, you actually won't hate it so much anymore because 
it's it's not as bad, right? And that's I think a huge one right there. I'm gonna let Sue take over this one because she will she she will have lots to say here. I know that <laughs> failure failure is necessary to grow and succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we it's very easy for us to take a look back and go, oh, I wish I had or I should have or whatnot. But without knowing what doesn't work, we won't find the formula that will. You know, and that's true when it comes to being kind to ourselves and finding our self-worth. You start to look at what didn't make you, you know, good or positive or improve your self-worth. And when you start to recognize that that failure can almost be a little marker for you to say, okay, now I know it doesn't work. Now I know it doesn't make me feel good. So what what can I do now? I know that didn't work. So what can I do now? I'm like not being afraid to try things. I think that's like huge also. You have to try uh, to know that maybe something doesn't work for you. What may work really well for you might not work well for some of your other clients, but that's okay if they're allowed to, you know, stumble and figure things out and and fail in kind of this secure and supported environment, you're going to have just a better opportunity to figure out what does work. Yeah, 100%. There's another one on this list that I do all the time. It's something I've learned in meditation is utilizing self-affirmations. I've brought myself to tears, happy tears, because I have said affirmations to myself, things that I didn't believe things I didn't think were true, but words that I needed to hear and said them enough that I believed them. And that seems, again, it's not going to happen overnight. We're not going to, we're not going to ask you to write on your mirror in your bathroom with your lipstick. I am beautiful. And then you're going to wake up tomorrow feeling like a model, but sometimes you have to say them so many times that you touch that inner part of you that needs to hear it so deeply that you're brought to tears of happiness. And that's, that's happened to me. It could be something really simple. I am beautiful. I am worthy. There's one right there. I am enough. That's a huge one. And saying those things to yourself at a time, especially when you feel that you're not succeeding at a time where you feel that you could be a failure or at a time where someone is saying something to you that may not be the best thing. Um, for example, a past relationship, if someone said to you, you don't look great in that shirt, you just say, I think I, I feel great in this shirt. I think I look great in this shirt. I, I, I am great in this shirt or whatever it is you want to say, but changing those words to talk to yourself in a positive way. And that's how you'll build that self-worth for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this stuff piggybacks on each other. That idea of, you know, focusing on progress instead of focusing on the results again we really talked about these numbers here these these measurable things but if you can just focus on speaking to yourself nicer you know okay you know that day somebody said something that didn't make you feel great can you make yourself feel a little better can you give yourself some comfort can you build up your self-worth? You know, some days you might be a rock star at doing it. You feel great. You look great. It's coming out of all pores. Other days, it may be one or two things that you say that are nice to yourself. 
But again, this a lot of this is about progress and not perfection. You know, I love that you say you're not going to go to one CrossFit class and be like, boom, I'm an amazing human being and I don't care about weight and everything is great and wonderful and I'm the best. But if you get up that next day and you go to the CrossFit class, maybe you'll feel a little bit better. You go a few more times, maybe you're feeling a little bit better. Now you try maybe a new way to walk home from work. You practice a little mindfulness. You know, sit there after your class and and look at the breeze blowing through the trees. These are all little teeny weeny steps that are progress. Yeah, yeah. And heading down this list of how do we fix this, we talked about connecting and not comparing, not comparing ourselves to other people, not comparing ourselves to social media, not comparing ourselves to other anything, not comparing ourselves to anything and connecting not again, when you first think this connect and not compare, it's not connect to other people necessarily. It could be connect to nature. It could be connect to yourself. It just find that connection of where you feel, where you feel good. That's it. Just a place where you feel good. And my, my favorite one here, cause it is the last one I, I saved it for last. And this is the one that definitely speaks to me the most is know that your scars are your strength. I, for one, have a huge scar. I've had it my entire life. I don't even know what my life was like before I had it. And when I first received this scar, when I was about 20 years old, I saw it as ugly and I saw it as disgusting. I didn't want anyone looking at it. When I was intimate with people, I didn't want them looking at it. I didn't want to wear anything that showed it off. It was right on my stomach. There was no crop tops, no bikinis. And when I started to gain that confidence was when I started to say, wait a minute, this scar is a symbol of me surviving, of me being strong, of me getting through something. Fuck y'all if you don't think it looks anything other than that, right? (laughs) And if you want to ask those questions and you want to know why I have it, I'm going to be proud of that damn story and I'm going to share it with you. And that's when I started to transition my thoughts on just that. And we talk about knowing your scars and, and seeing them as strong. That's not just physical though. That's not just physical. There's also, we all have emotional and mental scars that we need to work on and seeing them that our weakness sometimes is our strength. I think that's super important to remember too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. With it. And like even yeah. recognizing, oh, sorry, recognizing yeah. it. I think it's like, even for me, I was always like, I'm blocking it out, ignore it. It's not happening. It's not happening. And it's like, you know, when you actually go, okay, I'm just going to, you know, face it. Whatever happens, happens. If you know something good comes out of it, like great. Yep. If not, the idea that these all kind of work hand in hand with one another. You talked about the scar being your strength, but then also opening up the opportunity to connect. I mean, here's the three of us coming from probably really diverse backgrounds, and yet during this whole thing, as we've kind of shared our own stories and experiences of dealing with feeling self worth, you can recognize in one another that, um, you know, that, that kind of common thread. And I think that's what people forget. I think the most insidious thing about not feeling enough is that you feel alone. And it isn't until you start to talk to others that you go, oh, 
yeah, I'm not, you know, and maybe I don't know exactly what you felt or what you experienced or, or anything like that. But there is a part of me that recognizes that emotion that's raised by the story that you're willing to share, you know, and, and we should be, we should talk more. We should communicate more. The more we realize how common our, all of our experiences are, the more we can kind of support one another and talk about what is the, you know, good combining experience. hundred percent. I think that's why we had to talk about this and we will talk about feeling alone in a future podcast as well. We also have that all set to go. And, uh, I think we are good here. I'm, I'm so glad that we recorded this. We had Steph here with us. Um, huge thank you Steph for being here. Yeah. And we're also on Instagram. You can find us there too. So you say podcast on Instagram, you can contact us there, ask us questions, give us podcast ideas, or we're just there to chat and bullshit, honestly. And we can even share a virtual glass of wine if you're up for it. So let us know. Reach out to us at So You Say Pod. That's So You Say P O D at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for being here listening with us today. And we will see you next time. Unfortunately, it looks like Steph got knocked off of our call here. But she did tell me what she would love to say, what she would have loved to have said had she still been on this call. Her last words would have been to everyone, remember that you are amazing and to never forget that. If you want to follow Steph Chu on Instagram, her name is Steph with three H's, C-H-U. And if you ever want to just hit her up to chat, send her a message, she is completely and totally open to hearing from all of you.